Good morning. Boy, some of you are so vite off. <laughs> but some are close by. This is really good. Uh, glad you're all here. Why don't we start singing this morning hymn number 84. O oh God, our help in ages past. And uh, the songs I've picked have a, a little bit in line with the theme we've been experiencing in the last few weeks is we've, is we've been to a lot of funerals lately. And uh, in our church and in our community. And so just along those lines, to give us as a, as a body a chance to think and remember along those lines, we grieve, our brothers and sisters grieve, and we walk together. And then the closing song today, I think, is going to line up nicely with Pastor Dean's message. So let's start with hymn number 84. Good to see all of you here this morning. It's a beautiful Sunday morning, and uh, we look forward to a good morning together. And also, as most of you know, uh, pot lunch Sunday today, so that's why we're meeting here. So after the service, after the benediction, uh, ask you to just to remain in your seats for the time being, uh, there will be some instructions for the meal, and then also uh, we are going to um, ask for any deacon uh, nomination ballots at that time as well. So just stay seated uh, when the service is done. And everyone is invited to stay for the meal, so we look forward to that together. For an opening scripture this morning, I'd like to read from Hebrews chapter 12, the first three verses. And in the previous chapter, chapter 11, the names of a number of people are listed who lived by faith. And it names people like Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, 
and many others. And even though it speaks about the faith of these people, they weren't perfect. They struggled with sin just as we do. And after having listed all of these people of faith in chapter 11, chapter 12 says this, verses one to three. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We all struggle with faith at times, but we can be encouraged by people around us, people who have gone before us, who have kept the faith despite their struggles and by fixing our eyes on Jesus, as we read in verse two. And as a note in my Bible says, we will stumble if we look away from him to stare at ourselves or at the circumstances surrounding us. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your faithfulness that know no limits. God, we thank you for Jesus, whose death and resurrection made it possible for us to have our sins forgiven, to have the assurance of eternal life with you. Lord, help us not to become distracted by the ways of the world or even by our circumstances. Lord, help us to learn better to fix our eyes on you. Thank you, God, for this Sunday where we can come together to worship, to worship you, Thank you for being here with us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Ask Victor to lead us in singing again. Let's uh, take our hymn books again and turn to number 560. Jesus, keep me near the cross. 560. If, if you're looking for a hymn book and you still don't have one, there are some lying on tables here and still some at the back. Uh, and if you need someone to bring you one, yeah, maybe raise your hand and an usher will bring you one. One over here, if we could have somebody bring a book over here. And would you like one? Do you have one? Oh, there you go. Okay, good. All right, let's sing. Jesus, keep me near.
like a river. A familiar song and one I think that echoes a lot of our own thoughts about life and death. 576. Would we care to stand? Let's try it.
Let's take a, a look at some of the announcements in our bulletin. Top of page two, you see under church activities, there's different things happening this week, so just take note of those things that pertain to you. Take note of the start times. Uh, missionaries of the week this week are Preston and Myra, and we want to continue to remember them as well and pray for them. Uh, Preston's work involves a lot of traveling, so we want to pray for uh, safety and traveling as he, as he does uh, uh, some of that, or a lot of that, actually. Um, deacon nominations. So today is the last Sunday to submit your nominations for deacon. Uh, at the end of our service, after the benediction, we're going to ask a few of the deacons to uh, collect uh, your um, uh, submissions. So just hold on to them till then, and uh, we'll ask them to do that at that time. Um, yeah, also on your, on your form, uh, the deacons who are presently serving are listed there. Uh, George Elias's term is expiring, so George's name would be eligible for a nomination. The other names are not. Their, their terms have not yet expired, so don't nominate any of the others. Men's Prayer Breakfast uh, kickoff is coming up on September 23rd, and Paul Penner will be speaking there, so take note of that. Uh, there's an announcement about the youth starting up on September 27th, Sunday School September 24th. Keep that in mind. And uh, Dave Dick is uh, living at, at the Buller Active Living Center. His room is 206. Uh, persons with health needs, uh, Caroline Ham in Boundary Trails. Ann Thiessen is no longer there. She has gone home. Uh, but Hilda Ham is still in the hospital, so please remember her, add her name to that. She broke her hip about two weeks ago, and she's still waiting for surgery. So let's uh, remember uh, Henry and Hilda. Okay. Victor is just saying the date for the youth is not correct. It should be September 20th, not the 27th, at Myron and Barb's place. Okay, not in the youth room. Okay. So youth, Myron and Barb's place, September 20th. Back to our hospital list, we've got Dave Weeb in Notre Dame, and Mary Duke and John Suderman still in Swan Lake, and Abe Friesen in the Manitou Care Home. Um, one other note that's not in the bulletin, yesterday was the funeral for Rod Suderman. Uh, that happened in Abbotsford. Um, so let's continue to remember his wife Kathy and their children, and Viola, who is part of our congregation. A um, couple of announcements at the bottom. Just take, please read the details on your own. Uh, Boundary Trails Health Center, Palliative Care, Cancer Care, they're looking for volunteers. Pemina Valley Bible Camp has a fundraiser coming up, so please read those details on your own. Ushers, if you're ready, you can come forward. And then as they do that, just a reminder that next Sunday is a communion service, so please prepare for that. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you again for who you are. You are God and there is no other. Lord, you are the creator and sustainer of all that there is. You know all things 
and all things are in your control. Father, we bring before you those who are grieving the loss of a loved one. We pray for the Mary Cron family after her passing, for Doug Entz and his family, John and Leona, extended family after Jackie's passing, as well as Kathy Suderman and her children and Viola Suderman and other family members after the passing of Rod. Lord, for these and for others who are grieving the loss of a loved one, we ask for your comfort and strength that you would fill them with a peace that passes understanding. Lord, we pray for those who are in the hospital. We, where healing is needed, Lord, we pray for healing. We pray that Hilda Ham would be able to have her surgery soon. Lord, some in the hospital are waiting for the time when they can be placed in a care home, closer to home. And Father, may they have a sense of your presence and be filled with your peace as they wait. And we pray for others who are dealing with illness but are not in the hospital and we ask father that you would grant healing to their bodies we also pray for preston and myra as they continue to serve with leader impact and as preston gives leadership to the work being done we ask for safety and traveling for preston as he meets with business leaders in different parts of the world and Lord, for your continued blessing on their work. Father, we pray for some of the programs that are starting up in our church again this fall, and for the Bible studies, the men's and women's prayer groups, the youth group, Sunday school. Lord, may they experience your blessing as they meet throughout this coming year. And Father, we ask your guidance for our deacon nomination process as we submit our nominations and Lord, as we go through the selection process, may your will be done. As Pastor Dean brings us the message today, Lord, give him words to say, give us ears to hear what you have to say through him. And now, Father, as we give our offerings, we thank you for how you have blessed us. Lord, may these gifts be used to further the work of your kingdom. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
scripture reading this morning is from 2 Corinthians 6, 3 to 10. And it comes under the uh, heading of Paul's hardships. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves to in every way in great endurance in troubles, hardships, and distress, in beatings, imprisonments, and, and riots, and hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine, yet regarded as impostors, known, yet regarded as unknown, dying, and yet we live on, beaten, and yet not killed, sorrowful, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. Thus far the reading of God's word. Good morning. We ask every year at this time, where did the time go? The summer came so quick, it quickly passes. And of course, um, as the summer passes, we get back to doing the things that we do in the fall. In a past devotional in our daily bread, you would have read it. It's a captivating story. It's about the benefits of staying the course. The benefits of staying the course of being faithful and continually to be faithful. A businessman who sold his road construction company stunned his employees by dividing a third of the profits among them. Each of the 550 workers received a share of the $128 million with some long-term associates getting a bonus of $1 million each tax-free, close quote. That story actually took place back in 1999, and I believe it was either Detroit or Chicago where it happened. A man had owned a large business. He had very faithful employees. They came out, they struggled through the heat many times, and through the other turmoils, and they remained faithful. He had lots of people that he had made friends with in the company. Lots of them were faithful. They started, and they were faithful to the end. And their blessing was that he shared a large portion of the profits of that company. Now, if you and I had been one of these employees, I'm sure we would have been delighted that we had remained faithful to the company to the end. We would have said, it's been worth it all. 
Remaining faithful is not always easy, but it always has its benefits. It may not necessarily be monetary, but it might just to have peace on the inside, knowing that you served and you did your best. The Apostle Paul knew what it was like to remain faithful. He remained faithful in spite of all the trials, the tribulations, the hardships that came his way. He remained faithful, not only him, but he and his entourage, the cohort that he traveled with, his associates, because they went proclaiming the gospel. Sometimes we look at the Apostle Paul and we think that he was just a loner out there, but he wasn't. There were others that he traveled with, that he depended upon, and they were all faithful. In order to preach the gospel, we can't be individuals. We have to go with others. And if we go, we have to be equipped. And if we are equipped, we have to have people praying for us because we cannot do it alone. Faithfulness is even more than yourself just being faithful, but you need other people to be faithful and to carry you in prayer. Take your Bibles and turn with me once again to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 3 through 10. We looked at those verses. They were just read for us. And we only want to look at a couple of those verses because this is going to be a two-part message found in chapter um, 6, verses 3 through 13. Paul had just finished writing about the ministry of reconciliation in the preceding chapter and the importance of deciding to follow Christ today. That's the message. If you're going to make a decision for Christ, do today. Don't wait till tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow will be. Since preaching the gospel is paramount and essential for eternal life, Paul then describes the struggle and the hardship that accompanied him and his companions for being faithful to preaching the gospel. I've entitled this message, Five Reasons to Remain Faithful in All Times, and this will be a two-part message. Five Reasons to Remain Faithful in All Times. And it begins with number one, the gospel is at stake. Why should we be faithful? Because the gospel is at stake. And when the gospel is at stakes, that means the lives of people who Christ died for is at stake. Verse 3 says, We put no stumbling blocks in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. As Paul and his associates traveled proclaiming the gospel, they took special caution to be Good examples. Those not knowing the Lord may seek excuses for not committing their lives to Christ. And how many times have we heard that? Well, you know, look at what that Christian does. Is that He calls himself a Christian. If he does that, I want nothing to do with it. These are stumbling blocks, inconsistencies in the believer's life, and may be large or small, but they can turn people away from the gospel. They can turn people away from Christ. Paul does not want the ministry to be discredited in any way, for it is the only way that they or the people who hear the gospel will come to faith, who will live for eternity in heaven. How important that is that we do not discredit the word of God or the ministry. 
Vernon McGee says this, we need to be careful about our personal behavior. We are to give no offense in anything. An offense here does not mean hurting people's feelings. I don't think anyone can serve in the church today without hurting the feelings of someone. Some folks are there for no other purpose than to get their feelings hurt. You have heard the old saying, they carry their feelings on their sleeve. Well, a lot of saints do just that. And Dr. Harry Ironside put it this way when he said, if you don't shake hands with them, they will feel you intended to slight them. If you do shake their, your hands with them, um, it'll hurt their arthritis. And if you stop to speak to them, you are interrupting them. But if you do not, you will be snooty. In some way, we all will offend one another. There's no getting out of it. If you look at our lives, even our families, in the relationships that we work with, or the community where we dwell, there are always people getting hurt. Paul says that we are supposed to put no stumbling blocks in others. Those things will happen, they are about to, but we need to do our best. What does it mean not to put a stumbling block in anyone's path? Is that we live a life that no one can point and say, because of their life, I have no confidence in the salvation that they profess. Remaining faithful at all times is essential to sharing the gospel. It is essential. Our lives are always watched, so the gospel is always at stake. The gospel is always at stake. Now we come to the second reason we are to remain faithful in, at all times. Because number two, we are servants. Verses four and five. Because we are servants. Verse four says this. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger. Paul went through it all along with his cohorts. He went through it, and he knew, understood what it was. Notice in verse 4, Paul refers to himself and his associates as servants of God. In other passages in his letters, he refers to himself as servants of Christ. The role of a servant is one of obedience. A servant does not complain when a demanding task is given to them. We are serving Christ who has modeled a life of servanthood to us. Jesus told his followers in John chapter 15 verse 20, Remember the words that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they've kept my word, they will keep yours also. After Paul came to faith in Christ in Acts chapter 9, the Lord sent Ananias to Paul according to Acts chapter 9 verses 15 and 16. And this is what those two verses say. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and before the people of Israel. 
I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. I want you to put that down, mark that. I will show him how much he will suffer for my name. And did Paul ever suffer? He knew what it was like to suffer. We can gather from these these verses that the Lord called Paul to serve, and he was given his mandate, which included suffering. And if you're going to serve the Lord, and I'm going to serve the Lord, in some way, our mandate is going to accompany suffering, whatever it may be. Therefore, Paul anticipated the same treatment that Christ received. He was not surprised when he faced all kinds of difficulties, opposition, and persecution. Being an ambassador for Christ was not an easy task. It meant entering Satan's territory, calling people to repentance, and turning to Christ. All of hell became bent on stopping him. When the gospel is preached, the demonic powers rise to battle the saints. This all played out to attack to, in the attacks that Paul faced, faced by him, his cohorts, and his uh, associates as they proclaimed the gospel. Let me read for you verses 4 and 5 again. Listen as I read these two verses. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in trouble, hardships, and distress, in beatings, imprisonment, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger. When we read these words that are put out before us, we might think that they are just jumbled up, but they're more than jumbled up. They follow a pattern that I will explain. He was also an individual who had great endurance, but it was the endurance that God gave him. What good is if we face all these things and we don't have endurance and we don't rely upon Christ? It is nothing. It is only as we depend upon God that we endure all of the things that are set out. In these two verses, there are nine adversities, and they fall into three categories with three dangers in each type. So there's three, three, and three. The first category is troubles, hardships, and distress, which describes hardships in general. And these are the things that everyone faces these hardships in general. Paul and his associates experience all kinds of trouble, which he talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. He talks about those things. And we went over this previously a number uh, a while ago in regards uh, to his working amongst people. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. 
According to these verses, why does God allow us to go through troubles, sufferings, and hardship? Do you ever wonder that? He allows all this into our lives. Why? Why? The answer is that so that we can comfort others with the comfort that God has given us. The reason why Paul and his friends could comfort others was because they had gone through similar persecutions. A matter of fact, they went to the max. They went to the max with all the pressures, the trials, the tortures, the beatings. They could identify and God had comforted them. So they could comfort others. I remember listening to Chuck Swindoll tell the story of a lady in his congregation who had recently lost her husband. She came to speak to him for counseling, and he guided her to another lady in the church who lost her husband, and she now had a ministry to widows. Chuck said this lady could do far more for this grieving widow than he could ever as a pastor. The reason is that she could be there, and she, or she had been there, and she could comfort this person. Pastor Victor knows what it's like to go through the dreaded news to hear that he has had cancer and gone through all the cancer treatments. He knows what it's like. He's been there, so he can comfort others with the comfort that he received from God. And that's what happened so he can minister to others. Wow, you think to yourself, do I have to do this? God says, I will be with you. I will strengthen you. When Cheryl and I lost our oldest son, Ashton, in a vehicle collision some years ago, we could identify then with other people who lost a child. When this happens to us, we were in the process of moving. That year, our two children were on different hockey teams. That means Cheryl was at one place, I was at another place. But the parents of these kids had learned that we had lost a child, and it was surprising how many of them want to come and encourage us. Some moms spoke to me about losing a child by miscarriage and stillborn. They just came up to me at the rink. They started telling me their story. I found that in a similar way. They all had similar stories, and they found out that because they had lost a child this way that nobody really understood them. They didn't understand what it was like to lose a child by a miscarriage or through a stillborn. One mom told me that one person was trying to encourage her and said, at least you didn't know your child. And she meant this in a good way, but it wasn't much comfort at that time because this woman told me this child was a part of me. This child was a part of me. I couldn't fully understand what they experienced, but I certainly knew about losing a child. I knew the pain, the heartache that had happened. So Cheryl and I know what it's like to go through the dark, dark days, months, and years and to experience the grace of God and the presence of the Lord in the midst of the loss because we experience God's comfort in our lives. We have been there 
and we offer our comfort to others with the comfort that we have received from God. Everyone here has been through some troubles, hardships, sufferings, and loss. Sometimes we may think, well, I'm a nobody here. I only come. But you have a ministry. You have a ministry. And maybe it might be to one or two people. Maybe it might be to more people than that. But God has allowed you to go through your struggles and your hardships so you in turn can rely on him and then share what God has done for you so you can minister to others. God does this so that he will get the glory, we will be comforted, and so will other people as we share about the power and the grace of God. The second category that Paul lists occurs in 5a. Beatings, imprisonments, riots described specific persecutions. Beatings, imprisonments, and riots describe specific persecutions. That's in 5a. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13, listen to how he tells about his life and what, what, what it was like going about sharing the gospel. He says, are they servants of Christ? I am not out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Within the church at Corinth, there were false teachers that had crept in, and they were calling themselves apostle. And Paul, and, and Paul, and Paul says, he, if they think that they have suffered for the Lord, this is what I have suffered for him. Listen to what he says. Been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely. It talks about the beatings. It talks about his imprisonment. Then in Acts 17, verse 5, tells us, but the Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. All of this that he went, and I don't think most of us cannot identify to this part. We can't. I can't. I have never been beaten for the gospel. I have never been imprisoned. I have never experienced riots. Maybe things will change in the future. But we haven't experienced this. We have been so blessed, blessed beyond imagination. These two verses, these are only two verses, but many others that describe the specific persecutions, the beatings, and the imprisonments and riots Paul and his friends faced as they proclaimed the gospel. How can you avoid this? I'll tell you how. Just never open up your mouth about the gospel and you'll never have any of these problems. I remember when Cheryl and I were in the Bible study in Edmonton. 
as we are in the Bible study in Edmonton, we decided that we were gonna go downtown and we were gonna share Christ. We did this a number of times. First, we went into the neighborhood, we went door knocking, we shared the gospel with people. That's when we took the second step, went downtown, and we decided that we were gonna go and just share the gospel. I had gone down one back alley downtown. It maybe was a foolish thing, and there were bars around in the back, and I had seen another individual coming out. I could see that he was a little bit inebriated. I went over to share the gospel. He turned to me, he says, do you want your face slapped? I think that's the closest I've ever had a persecution or facing something like this. Most of us, we haven't ever experienced anything bad like Paul has happened. We, we just haven't. We don't know what it's like to be taken and beaten with rods. We don't know what it's like to have all the trials and the tribulations, to be thrown into prison because of our faith. Or having some other difficulties, having riots forming against us. And this is what happened to the Apostle Paul and his companions. The third category that Paul lists occurs in 5b. In hard work, sleepless nights, hunger, describe self-imposed disciplines in order to share and proclaim the gospel. I want to repeat that. In hard work, sleepless nights, and hungers, and hunger, describe self-imposed disciplines to share and proclaim the gospel. If you want to share the gospel, you have to be intentional. You have to say, I'm going to do it. You have to be praying. You need to enlist other people who are gonna pray for you because there will be opposition. As long as you and I keep quiet, there won't be any opposition. Everything will go nice. But come against a world of darkness to tell people about the only way to heaven, you will face hardship. Listen, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. Surely you remember, brothers, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27, Paul says, I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And I wonder how many of us can say that. And I speak for myself. Can we say this? that we suffered anything such as this? How fast we are to work, whether it's finances. How fast are we to do things that is pleasure? I have gotten up early in the morning, gone late to bed when I had to work. When I first came out of seminary, Cheryl and I decided that we were going to stay and work and pay off our debt. I was anxious to get our debt paid for. And so because of this, I was willing to do anything. 
I had started a carpet cleaning business. I was cleaning one house. It was eight o'clock in the evening. It was a long day. I was finally finished. Along came an individual and said, I need my home clean. Can you come? I said, okay, well, when do you need it? He says, I need it tonight. It has to be all ready for tomorrow. I'm getting a, ho a houseload of guests and everything must be cleaned. I need the carpets cleaned. I need the furniture cleaned. So I packed my equipment. I went over to his house. My wife accompanied me and we worked to two o'clock in th that night. It was not complete. I had to get up at six and get there early in the morning to finish it so that it would dry. And I want to tell you, we worked hard. We worked hard to get it done, and we did it right away. I was surprised. This man really wanted it done. He even gave me the keys to his house, and, I, and he wasn't around. And we worked, and we completed it. That was one thing I'm willing to sacrifice for my job, the second thing is I've got up early in the morning when I had to go hunting, when I had to go and go to other places with friends. I would get up early in the morning. The question is, does that translate into my life when it comes to praying and serving Christ? Am I willing to do that for Christ? Because if they don't hear the gospel, the people they will spend eternity away from hell. And that's the question that you and I have to ask ourselves. Are we willing to discipline ourselves, whatever it takes, to get up in the morning when we don't feel like it and pray, to come to a prayer meeting? Are we willing, what are we willing to give that will last for all eternity? That will last for all eternity. This morning we've looked at two of the five reasons to remain faithful at all times, which include the gospel is at stake. The gospel is always at stake. This translates into eternal souls of the lost who need to meet Jesus. And secondly, we are servants of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are called to be obedient to wherever he sends us. And as a servant, we don't complain, oh Lord, you gave me the short end of the stick. I didn't want to do that. I want to do this. Or do we go because he is called and he said, I will supply. He sends us no matter the trouble or the hardship or the suffering. He calls us to endure, not by our strength, by his strength, because we'll never do it by ourselves. We must be depended upon him each step of the way. So my challenge to you this morning is to serve God with all of your heart. When he speaks, be ready to go and do whatever he wants you to do and go wherever he wants you to go. Thank you, Pastor Dean. Good reminder. I think this song is in step with that and will help us perhaps make a commitment to doing uh, what is required. Am I a soldier of the cross? Three, four, eight. Three, four, eight. Am I a soldier of the cross? We'll sing all six verses.
Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you have given us, and you have also called us to suffer for your name. Heavenly Father, we thank you just for all the good things that you have given us, and especially the open doors of sharing the gospel. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give us eyes to see the harvest is ready to harvest. Lord, as we look around, we see that it is white. Lord, give us a passion. And Lord, may we be praying for those who do not know you. We have friends, we have neighbors, we have all sorts of people and our relatives who do not know you as Savior and Lord. May, we, may you give us the boldness to proclaim the gospel. At the same time, Lord, help us to realize that there will be opposition. But as we pray, that you will go before us and you will pray. You will make the way. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And Heavenly Father, now we would pray that you would bless the food that we are going to be eating. We pray that you would bless our fellowship as we encourage one another Uh, We pray, Lord, that we would be built up so we can do your work and that you will be honored. For this we pray in Christ's name, amen.